Now the story of a South African actress who won an Oscar but slumped it on network television. And the one podcast who had no choice but to watch it. It's the Ronathon. development plan specifically so that she could record with us. Because she's in town. Yay! Yeah. So, Charlize Theron, Academy Award winning actress, was on critically loved but incredibly poorly rated Fox was sitcom. Was it really poorly rated? Yes. Incre- it like, it, every season it was on the bubble and then basically they renewed it because it was like their only well-reviewed show at the time. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Arrested Development, final... Network season of Arrested Development in 2005. She did five episodes. Mm-hmm. Playing Rita Leeds. So, one sound review. One sound review. I would like to do a first viewing one sound review and a second viewing that sounds one sound great. review. Great. Very, very good. So, here I would like you to insert uh, Charlize as Rita laughing at something yes <laughs> and finding it very 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 funny <laughs> okay okay that's your first viewing <laughs> that is my first viewing <laughs> my second viewing is more of a oh 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 <laughs> so i have a similar thing which is my my one sound review is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think mine is just, hmm, hmm. Mine is, come on. Come on. Because this is so offensive. <laughs> it's so offensive. And unnecessary. Yes. Oh my so God. I, so here's the thing. I had never seen Arrested Development in its entirety, once upon a time, I started to watch it with a very good friend of mine who loved it. And I feel like sometimes when you're watching comedy with someone who is very, very into it, it's hard for me to watch it because I am just super aware that whatever level of enjoyment I have is not going to match their expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get more wrapped up in, I'm not watching this right. So I like can't enjoy the show for what it is. So she and I watched a couple of the episodes and then I sort of petered off and never returned to it. And then in preparation for the podcast, I watched as much of the first season as I could fit in time-wise and then jumped. Within one week. Yes. We realized Lexi was coming to town last weekend and I was like, we're doing it. And I was quite busy with work. So I watched most of the first season and I skipped to the Rita Leeds episodes. And I also went to Wikipedia to like skim the summary to find which episodes were hers and also to be like, oh, what have I missed? I need to know. So I was spoiled on the reveal. Mm. So I had sort of the benefit of watching it 
as if I had already seen it, like knowing what the the twist was. Mm. And the twist is that she is an MRF, is how they refer to it, is that she's actually a mentally retarded female. I can't believe it. It's so... So basically, she's a British woman. And the joke is that because she's British and also because of, like, manic pixie dream girl qualities... Yes. Michael thinks she has average developmental intelligence. And she doesn't. Correct. And I feel like the show does so many fantastical things in the short amount that I have seen. And because I'm like, but that's not what actual mental retardation is like whatsoever. Why not just make it a made up thing that she has where she's a child in an adult's body? Because I think the point so of right. the joke mm. is skewering romantic comedies and Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Right. Yeah. yeah. So why not just make up a thing that she has? Like Little Britain is incredibly made up yeah. and nonsensical. Isn't it Wee Britain? Yes, it it's Wee Britain. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I, in my notes, I was writing Little Britain and then was like, mm, no, it's Wee Britain. Yes. <laughs> All the more nonsensical. <laughs> I think that is also partly because at some point, I believe there's a joke about her having a wee brain, which is close to Wee Britain because they oh, like dear. verbal oh, wordplay. Oh, no. And I just, like I said, I'm like, I feel like there could be something to the joke of her being a child in a, like an adult so, woman's body. Because I think that if you look at Charlize's performance of playing a child, it's really great. But I just found it incredibly difficult to separate out the like, but you're saying retarded. and Over and over. And that's not what this is. And also... I, I don't think they ever use the word disability or disabled. Do they? I think they do. Okay. Or I think they say handicapped. They say mentally okay. handicapped. And it's like, know. look, mentally this, this is well. 12 years old, okay? And I'm not sure what the appropriate terminology would have been at the time. But I do know that MRF is... Just gross. So this essential joke was effectively done on 30 Rock with John Hamm's character. Oh, much better. Right. So it's basically the situation where he's a doctor and everyone, everyone treats him like a normal person because he's so handsome, but he is as dumb as you can possibly be. Yeah. So why couldn't, like, they have just, like, who cares about her developmental abilities? Just make her, like you said, like, just this ridiculous person. Right. Like, because I'm like, mentally retarded people aren't going to eat plastic fruit, but you could have a caricature of an incredibly dull, dumb person. Right. Which I think is what the actual joke is. Yeah. Because maybe, who's the film director is saying, like, when she's, like, crafting her plot, that she's going to put something in it that makes no sense but no one will say anything about it because people don't want to appear stupid. So I feel like the show is trying to say people will accept things rather than appear dumb and do ridiculous things rather than let people know that they're dumb. So I feel like that's more what they're going for. Yeah. So a lot of this, because I watched a lot of episodes in this past week, there are so many jokes on this show that are just unacceptable and if it, and I think, you know, a lot of like white cishet men would be like, and that's why it's the PC culture's ruining everything. And I'm like, no, this, I'm glad you can't do this anymore. Like, at one point, maybe pretends that her mother is trans and she uses an unfortunate word for that. Um, <laughs> but hey, like, think about how much progress we've made in uh, 15 years. Okay, sure, great. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. But what I want to 
wanted to say about, like, you were saying you watched this with someone who really cared about it. I am teaching advanced sketch writing this term in arcade comedy theater. Grand opening tomorrow! And we had our first class last week, and one of the exercises that I did, we're, we're talking with the students about developing their own comedic voice. And one of the exercises that I did with them was, like, write down some things that you think are funny that no one else thinks are funny and write down some things that everyone else thinks are funny and you don't think are funny. Mm -hmm. And the example that I put down was arrested development. And this was as a thing you don't think is funny. And that's an exaggeration. Okay. It was, but it was when this show first came out and it was so, you know, acclaimed, I remember watching the first few episodes with my dad and being like, this isn't good. And like, and the thing that was really, that my dad said that I agree with is that y there are no likable characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, there are other shows without likable characters that I really enjoy, like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which Veep. also has incredibly problematic elements to it. Veep is another great example. Also, Buster's on Veep. That's true, yes. I would say uh, Black Books is a show full of unlikable people that I think is perfect and amazing. I like all the people on Black Books. <laughs> but like, as they're actual all people. bad people. That's, what, that's more what right, I mean. Right, but they're yes. likable bad people. That's okay. Obviously. I like some of the characters okay, so on Arrested. Having watched it now, I like Buster. And I think Buster is my favorite of the family. I have sympathy for Lindsay. Sure. And... I enjoy Lucille. My favorite character on Arrested Development, and I'm sad she was in none of the Charlize episodes, is Lucille Ostero. She is the best. I love Lucille her so much. Too! I she is I just every single moment the Liza Minnelli's on screen is perfect. <laughs> well, the thing I was going to say about this show, like you were saying, where I, I feel like it's a show that I've heard so much about. People who love it is very beloved, and I felt like when I was watching it that I was like, I can see that it's funny. But I'm not having any fun mm. watching it. That's exactly right. what I mean. And I think partly it's I watched it alone, and I often find that watching comedies with other people, TV shows, is more entertaining yeah. because built-in laugh track. Exactly. And I was saying to Bob Shields last night that a thing that I respect about the show is that I find the way that they tie the plots together at the very end often surprising. Like yes. even though it's a thing yes. that they do consistently, it's like a herald. I am like, oh my god, how did they? How did they do that? And in one of the Charlie's episodes, there is a setup that these Japanese investors are coming, oh, yeah. and there's a lot of different plots. And then all of a sudden, Tobias is in a giant mole costume, crushing a <laughs> tiny village, and then Michael Sarah is in a jetpack, and I, it's obviously Godzilla, and I didn't. <laughs> see it coming and it made perfect sense and I was like I am impressed by this it's a very deft maneuver but at the same time I was like but I didn't necessarily have fun watching that like I'm sort of like well done right eh. like and I, I feel sort of bad about that because I know how many people like love this show and I wanted to enjoy it more than I did but that's what the in the exercise I said to my students and I maintain this you thinking something isn't funny doesn't mean it's not funny mm -hmm. right and so I think that that I think Arrested Development is an excellently aside from you know problematic things mm -hmm. it's it is a very well written show yes and very well written a very well executed show that I just don't like that much I enjoyed these as much as aside from the inherent grossness of this plot. I really enjoyed watching these episodes. It's true. And again, I still think that if they had just chosen a different framology right. for it, or uh, then I would have been more okay with it. Because I... You guys may be unsurprised here. I thought Charlize performed very well. I was going to say, yeah. we should talk about how great Charlize is. She's so funny! Wait, can, before we go to Charlize. Yes. Because Charlize is obviously very important. 
<laughs> I would like to talk about the characters that I like on Arrested Development. Okay, yes, please. Okay. So you like Arrested Development. I do. You I have like, to do this episode. Yes, I like Arrested Development. I used to like it more before the new Netflix episodes Oh, happened. gosh. Because those are not good. And they are just a series of celebrity cameos. I tried really hard to like them, and I didn't. And mm-hmm. I have watched the entirety of Arrested Development, I think, like, at least twice. The entirety pre-new episodes. I can't remember who... Some some TV critic said, I now understand how Star Wars fans felt when they saw Phantom Menace. (laughs) 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 I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) But so the original episodes, I have not rewatched them in the past five years. So I feel like my knowledge about race and uh, trans issues and gay issues has increased in the past five years yeah like not like i used to be super racist but like you know i can confirm she was not super racist anyway so excluding the problematic parts which (laughs) i which there are many which yes there are so 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 many and i have a problem with that they basically do the thing where they write a racist joke they want to tell that joke and it's so, ironic racism. It, and so they use a bad character right. to tell the joke. Yep. Guess yep. what? You're still telling the joke. Yeah. yeah. And we're still laughing. You don't get to be racist by proxy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think they do that. I, I'm sorry to interrupt your favorite characters, but like I could not get past the Tobias is secretly gay jokes like over and He's over clearly and bisexual. Over. Tobias is very clearly bisexual. I don't, I like, I just don't get it. Why can't they acknowledge like, uh, but it's again, just, but it's, it's not just, funny that he's bisexual it's, also. It's also, it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's that as like the butt of the joke. Like, it, like, he in the Charlie's episodes has the line of like, oh right, like British people have different terms for things. Like poofter means tourist. And I was just kinda <laughs> like, see, I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my two favorite characters on Arrested Development are Tobias. I think Tobias is very funny, but I think that the parts that are funny are not about are about Tobias being completely unaware of how he's coming off. Yeah. Not, like, I, the gay stuff, yeah, God. Anaurapist is not funny. I think Anaurapist is funny. Yeah, I think it's funny. Okay, the one thing that is funny in the new episodes is he gets a, a new license plate that says, uh, a new start, A-N-U-S-T-A, and then it says anus start. <laughs> so, like, Tobias's obliviousness is funny. And, and sincerity. And sincerity, yes. And uh, everything he does involving the Blue Man group is very funny. I don't know when that occurs in the series. It's throughout seasons one and two. Okay. Because I think anytime he's like, I just blew myself. That's funny. Yeah. I will laugh at that every time. Me too. The second and probably my favorite character is Job. Really? Love some Job. Oh, okay. Because Job, when I first watched the show, that was like the big like blocky i was like this guy's so obnoxious i can't stand him i i just think i like and i was upset because i didn't know will arnett from anything else at the time and when i found out that he was married to amy poehler i was like what no well not anymore (laughs) better and she did yes she did but i think that job is really funny and i also realized that job is Arguably one of the most racist characters on the show, mm-hmm. except for Lucille One. 
Yes, but I also, like, I think the magic is funny. I think when he fucks up the magic. There was a good the, trick versus the illusion Penny, joke. Yes, I like, it's an illusion. I like pennies from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I will always think the final countdown is funny. Because okay. of Arrested Development. I think I will always think the final countdown is funny because of Bait and Switch. So, like... Local band, Bait and Switch. Local band, Bait and Switch did a kazoo cover yep. of the final countdown. The final kazoo down. Yeah. Which was very good and was extra good when I was imagining Job doing some <laughs> magic. Fair enough. Also, the chickens are always good. That is a joke <laughs> that gets me every time. That the, that the Blues family does not know how to imitate a chicken. And th- especially that they all have different bad ways of imitating chickens. And that was one of the things that I completely forgot like in, in re-watching this and I just... I was in stitches when that one, I think it's the first episode of season yeah, three. Yeah. It, they do it a lot. I was like dying. So yeah, I think I sound pretty contradictory because I'm like, I don't really like this show. And then more so than my, my fellow co-hosts, I'm like, that was hilarious. Hilarious. Loved it. <laughs> so I, I remember really liking this show when I first watched it, when it first came out. I did not know that it was panned by audiences in the states it wasn't it wasn't panned it just just wasn't watched oh okay no one watched it like gotcha i feel like there are a lot of shows where that was true yeah it's like critically beloved but ratings were incredibly yeah when i first watched the show i it was presented to me as being like the most popular show in america that's so not true so and maybe that's just how they marketed it in the uk uh but i remember watching it and being like it's it wasn't. It was different to any of the other co- American comedies that were on at the time because mm-hmm. it wasn't like laugh out loud, riotously funny. But it was like I get all the jokes that are in this, and like I and I appreciate the technical artistry behind it, uh, behind the writing, uh, and that was what was more compelling than the actual content of the show. Mm-hmm. Like I watched all five of these episodes this morning and did not laugh one time. It's like I when somebody tells a joke and you're like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Right. It's Which is one of my th- least favorite. I get yeah. so upset when people react that way when I'm yeah. trying to be it's, funny. It's the kind of funny you don't laugh at. Yeah. I feel like it's like, for me, watching tennis. Like, I have no interest in doing it, but I'm like, wow, it, that took a lot of effort to be good at that. Look at those people go back and forth. They're really at the top of their game. Mm. But I'm just like, nah, it's not for me. Like, I feel like the show, it like it, like it's technically athletic. It's very... Well written. So what I was going to say about Seth MacFarlane is... <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. We've been spending a lot of time... I listened to yeah. those... I listened to those episodes. So in those episodes, Regina talked about how he, like, cannot bear the thought of you not getting a joke. Mm-hmm. And so yes. he, like, leans into it so heavily. This is the polar the opposite, opposite of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, like, almost want you to... They want you to have to watch it again to get all the jokes. Right. And there's... I respect that on one level, but on another level, I'm like... Yeah, maybe respect your audience a little bit less. <laughs> well, they, they they have some jokes that are purely visual and only exist for like a split second. Yeah, so like you wouldn't even know. Which what... I do like because I grew up watching The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna so, say Simpsons is a Simpsons did it, but all the jokes that rely on you having watched every episode of Arrested Development. There's a lot of jokes, especially with Maybe's storyline, that like right. require you to know Hollywood, blah blah. And I actually I love all of the Opie jokes and Happy Days jokes. Mm-hmm because I watched those shows as a kid but 
I thought, like, I kept thinking, Regina has no idea why this is funny. No. Yeah. <laughs> I also probably didn't watch those episodes, because I, I missed most of oh, the Oh, they show. had at least two in the five episodes we watched, because Ron Howard narrates. Yes, I didn't know that. Yes. So. Henry Winkler is on it. And then he gets replaced by Scott Bayo. I don't know blah what means. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah is Scott Bayo. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's Scott Bayo. So no. it's funny because Chachi replaces the Fonz. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that, but I'm just. I need to look up what Babla looks like. <laughs> he was in these episodes. I, uh, I apparently didn't see him. <laughs> Maybe uh, again. Actually, I said before we started recording. I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I could like separate those five episodes that no, we he watched. Is, he is okay, good. He if I, he gets introduced. A lot of the things that I remember from Arrest Developments that are like. The things that stuck with me throughout the whole series are in these five episodes. Yeah. Like the chicken dancing and the. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Bob Blah Blah and stuff like that. Bob Blah Blah is a joke. For people who aren't familiar with the show, we are not saying Blah Blah Blah. Yeah. It is a character named Bob Blah Blah. Yeah. And he is a lawyer. So there's many stupid layers. <laughs> Dumb wordplay jokes. Like Buster's hand got bit off by a loose seal because of his mom. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about those episodes that we let's watched about specifically yes. for this show. <laughs> so the plot of the episodes are that uh, they're trying to make a deal with Japanese investment, uh, but they're also trying to avoid uh, the father character from going to jail. Um, Again. And yeah, and he has made an insinuation either truly or falsely that British agents of some <laughs> ilk are. For British eyes only! <laughs> For British eyes only! Are trying to um, get dirt on him to send him to jail. Uh, for whatever reason. And then around a bit, and so it, that causes Michael to go to Wee Britain, presumably a take on Little Italy, to get some documents of some kind. Mm -hmm. And he meets the British woman there. And Rita. Rita, which is played by Charlie Theron. And she is presented as seeming like she is a British spy. And in some, in a, in a, in a few different ways. And she has like a shady uncle character mm -hmm. who follows her around. Threatens. Who threatens Michael. Michael in a, in a, a what, it's supposed to seem like a threatening manner, but it's clearly not. It's, like he's he's saying like you know you be nice to my disabled niece. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be something that you can misinterpret, right? But does not come across very convincingly. I remember when I first watched these episodes, I knew very early on right. that the actual joke was something. Yeah, they wrong. they yeah. don't hide it super well. Right. The the one thing I thought was very clever, like a joke that was like could be misinterpreted either way was when she gets given instructions at the train station and then eats them. <laughs> 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 I was like, "Oh, that's that's really funny. That's clever." But that I think that was the only one. Like even things like, "Oh, she calls him a pussy and that means something else in the UK." Which is not accurate at all. Oh, how did that make you feel, Bob? Uh, it was extremely irritating. <laughs> Almost every British element to this is really irritating. I um, was thinking about <laughs> what your feelings might be about We Britain. It was, so, I'm not British, and I was annoyed by it. And I felt like they were trying to maybe be like, this is how Americans view Britain. But I don't think that they successfully did that. Well, and so it just felt like... The show does a good job of doing things of that manner in other areas, but the narrator is always like, that's not how that works. Mm. Like, So the show is more aware than the characters are, whereas this is an instance where it seemed like the show 
even if they were making a comment on British uh, or like the way British people seem to Americans, it's like the show is falling for its own joke. Mm. Is what it came across like. And as someone who gets British accents done at them all the time, Ugh. this just came across as just jarring. Just the level of inaccuracy. Do you know what I thought was weird? The the joke, and I say that in aggressive quotation marks about. Charlie's complaining of yes, <laughs> in, about Charlie's her Rita complaining about Yanks playing Brits and yes. how you can always tell. And again, our girl Charlie's act or accents are one of her weaknesses, yeah. maybe her only weakness. Yeah. And so she's a little her affection for Seth MacFarlane. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, so she's a little spotty, but she's not a Yank, right? Like, I love you. I assume she's naturalized at this point. Like, we embrace you as an American, but she's not a yank. I draw the line at yank. <laughs> I think if someone is from Georgia and calls themselves a yank, I would draw a line. I agree. A specific one. It's <laughs> actually the lower boundary of our state. I drive over it pretty regularly. <laughs> so I would say, like, these episodes, I wanted to like them more than I did, which is a theme for all the episodes I watched. And one of my issues with it is I feel like they were trying to do too many jokes. Yeah. I felt like they were trying to make fun of James Bond movies or, like, Use yes. James Bond movies as a framework. British eyes only. For British eyes only. Sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I felt like they were also trying to make fun of romantic comedies of the era, like Garden Manic State. Manic Dream Girl. Exactly. Do I, I was like, lean into the British... Like, lean into the spy movie, lean into making fun of Manic Pixie Dream Girls, but it felt like neither of them was fully realized for me. Like, we Britain didn't feel, I don't know, it just, it felt Choose unfinished. one joke. Yeah. Choose one game of the scene. Or, and like, and do that well. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like they, they were inventing too much. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, I hate to compare it to this, but the, the, the way that they were trying to, like, satirize James Bond things and be like, oh, this is how British people do things and Americans misunderstand it and actually they're factual take on the British whatever was incorrect it reminded me kind of of A Million Ways to Die in the West <gasps> and it was like oh the, the West was terrible this is how it was actually like it's like no it wasn't it wasn't like that like mm. you're just wrong your joke is wrong and you should feel wrong <laughs> I thought you were going to say Austin Powers <laughs> me too yeah. and I was like a good example is Spy starring Melissa McCarthy and Jason Statham I don't know if that successfully obscures Britishness but it does do Spy movies. Yeah, Austin Powers is more accurate. And Talk about damning with faint praise. All right, let's get through some of our features. Okay. So one thing I want to say is that I just let it keep going after the Charlize episode ended, and there's a riot in the next episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not a prison riot, but these are some of the very few episodes of the series where none of the characters are in prison. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know, is George or Oscar no. in Oscar prison? Oscar is in prison. Oscar is in prison, but okay, so there are so many opportunities for a prison riot. Just a shame. Just a real shame. <laughs> See, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come down on no. They would not be approved by a prison riot because I already feel like guys strip some of strip some of these extra bits mm. away. Mm. Okay. I find the plots about George Blue Senior and prison to be very boring. I realize oh. it is the entire foundation of the show, <laughs> but I don't give a shit about any of that. I would like to see like that's a character I don't care about. I never laugh at. I laugh so, at the twin funnies. The twin I'm funnies. Such a, I'm such a laugh slut. <laughs> so I feel like I want to go back. Like when you were saying, like who your favorite character is. I feel like the character that I like the most is George Michael. Yeah, which me too. Makes perfect sense for me. And I think part of my problem with watching the show is I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a Regina Connelly anecdote. 
So when I was a kid, my family was watching a comedy movie called Christmas Vacation. And my family was laughing because it's a comedy. And little baby Regina got so upset with them because I was like, he is trying to give them a good Christmas and you guys are making fun of him. And it really upset me. And I feel like George Michael is the most sort of like innocently likable character. Yeah. And also I relate with his nervousness and his need to do well in school. I was like, he's just trying to make people happy. He doesn't know how to interact with the world and he's getting good grades. So I see you, Michael. George Michael. Uh, and I felt like at least in the episodes that I saw, like he's just like forgotten by everyone, which is meant to be like a hilarious joke, but it just made me feel like the show didn't care about me as watching it. There he's- is a really great, the George Michael bit where he gets his birthday present of the suit. The rocket suit? No, no, the it, suit. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And, and then, then, he, and then Quicken is under it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's more excited by Quicken. And he, oh, that's so sweet. And he's like, did you save the receipt? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, aw, you're going to love YNAB when you get to 2017. <laughs> <laughs> money jokes, money jokes. Yeah, well, he's one of the only sympathetic characters in the yes. show. Yeah. One of the fundamental flaws in this show, and this is something they tried to address in season four, but season four was so bad, was that Michael Bluth is a bad person. Right. And maintains a sense of moral superiority over his family, which makes him even more unlikable. The thing that is supposed to be redeeming about Michael is his relationship with With George George Michael. Michael. And granted, he is still, he is not a great dad. Yeah, but I at least... He does have actual love with his son. He does love his son, and he does want the best for his son. Right. He is kind of forgets that most of the time. I I do see Michael as somewhat sympathetic. Mm -hmm. I feel like the new episodes really were like, we need to make sure that everyone knows that Michael is a bad person. I I appreciated that they did that. I was... Because it was a... It was a thing that stuck in my craw with the original run. But it loses its like it loses it the the any heart that it has. I feel like they try to do that in the episodes with Charlize where at the end where he's like breaking up with her and he is like, oh but like I'm really just a narcissistic person and that's, that's why true. I couldn't see you for who you really were. And I feel like there's a moment and then she tries to like say there's like that conversation where he sort of like for a second stops being that and then just leans hard and demonstrates like what he just said. Yeah. I felt like was them sort of doing that yeah, yeah. rare instance where they don't have the narrator both give a punchline and also in my opinion like distance you from the show that's happening um, so, so who would I was going to say who would Keanu play oh boy some... so I, I have an answer okay uh, I would have him play the CIA agent Buster oh, very good Oh, um, very good answer. And who is secretly in love with Buster is revealed Tobias. At the end. Tobias at the end. Yeah, sorry. Tobias so, is Jim Buddy. I yes. just realized my answer. Blah blah blah. Because oh. fuck Scott Bayo. <laughs> fuck that guy. And I think that, you know, who needs that joke? Scott Bayo is also not a good actor or doesn't really have any comic timing. Maybe it's because he has no empathy for other human beings. And that's what you need as an actor. Mm. There you go. <laughs> I think Lindsay being desperate for blah, blah, blah <laughs> would be more believable and entertaining worth yes. Keanu Reeves. Mm. So I'm not limiting my casting to just these episodes. And even having not seen everything, I want Keanu Reeves to be Buster <laughs> so badly. <laughs> so badly. I mean... He look. He would do so well as Buster. <laughs> so beautiful, and also at the same time, though, what what is the actor? I have no Buster's idea. Name? Oh, that's but this guy—he's so good. He is, but here's the thing: just imagine Keanu Reeves 
awkwardly bopping without his glasses on and Liza Minnelli falling in love with him. I, it's such a beautiful idea, but it also <laughs> feels like, you know, why it's like, don't fix what's not broken. Oh, okay. Here's a, here's a thought. So Michael and Lindsay are twins. Why not have twins run in the family and Buster and Keanu can be twins and they can be more similar. <laughs> anyway, look, I'm standing by my choice. Goodbye, Buster. Hello, Keanu Reeves as Buster. I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I just think it's too dangerous. Nope. <laughs> it's like it's like going back in time. Yes. And, and like, one, what if... Okay, Buster is great as a character, but Buster, the actor, whatever his name is... I'm looking it up. Thank you. <laughs> he needs to be on Veep. He needs to be on Veep That's playing the exact important. same character. Well, look, I'm not going to mess with his the rest of the time. character a little bit smarter. A little bit, <laughs> but they, but they're still like but his relationship you, with Selena Meyer is the same relationship yes. he has with Lucille. But would you enjoy him more on Veep if this was the first time you'd ever seen him? No, I think I, I, I <laughs> Tony was, Hale, Tony Hale. Thank you, Tony Hale, for your performance. Well, in my universe, <laughs> not only do we have a Clinton presidency, but we have a Keanu Buster. <laughs> so when I, when you said CIA agent, this is not my original one. I have an original one. But when you said that, I thought you were saying the surrogate. Oh. And I kind of like that. That's, That's a good really idea. good. Yeah. Also, it would be, I feel like they could have a joke of Lindsay throwing herself at the surrogate, but it getting yes. confusing because the dad's on yes. the other end. Oh, that makes sense. Is the surrogate someone I know? Why do I know him? Oh. Uh, uh, well, what was your original? My original was going to be George Blue Sr. Because I don't care about any of his plots. And I think if they put Keanu in that role, maybe I would care. Okay. Fair I enough. I think he would actually also be good in that. I don't think we often see Keanu play, like, an asshole in that in the way that George Sr. is yeah. an asshole. Like, we've seen him Kevin play- Lomax. Oh, yeah. I But I, I think that's a different flavor. It, yeah, slightly. I would also think my true heart here is... I would like him to be maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so young Keanu? Young Keanu as maybe. We've still got the love triangle with Steve Holt and George Michael. Everything is the same. Steve Steve Holt would be a good choice too. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Holt might be the right answer. Steve Holt is really good. What else do we have? Uh, Charlie Zenitz. Charlie Zenitz. So my favorite joke in these five episodes, I think, was when they mentioned that Charlize had had a lot of plastic surgery and then they say one year ago and they show a picture of her from Monster. <laughs> that made me laugh very hard. But that's not Charlize. That's the writers. That's the writers. Right. So my Charlize Zenith, it's silly, but I love it, is when she sings Hot Potato. Hot Potato, Hot Potato, Hot Potato, Hot Potato. Very good one. <laughs> That's a great scene also because you see George Michael is the first one to cotton on. George uh, Michael's the only one. He's so great. My Charlie Zenith is when Mr. F is showing her like a badge in a box and she goes to grab it and he snaps it closed and she has the Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman laugh. Yeah. <laughs> the way that she laughs in that is so joyful and like she's so excited. She's very, she does very good joyous kid laughter. Yeah, and if you think of it as her playing a child, 
then it's, I think the whole performance is amazing. And so I'm, I'm doing an edit where that's what I'm thinking of her. Yeah. Doing. I think that's fair because they aren't actually portraying anything that has to do with actual developmental yeah. disabilities. My Charlize Zenith is the same as Regina's. <laughs> High fives. High fives. So in that scene, she's so excited mm-hmm. to see a chocolate <laughs> million pointed star, whatever it is. And then he closes it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, oh, it's so funny. And then she's like, like immediately serious face and i'm like that's some range yeah i don't know <laughs> that's any- our girl i don't know anything about acting but that was good to me i also like laughing as like actors laughing i think is really hard like i feel like you don't see it very often like without them having some prompting mm-hmm. like it's not like there was a great joke that she then cracked yeah. up at and i think that there's a reason that the julia roberts laughing at the box thing is so stand out and like a famous moment it's like it's a di- i think it's a difficult thing for people to do well mm. so bob shields what's your charlie zenith um so i'm torn i think i'm i like the eating the instructions especially because she's got her sunglasses on and she does it and it's like such a it, when you look back on it it's like such a kid move to do like uh, <laughs> and then but she has like total serious face when she does it but i also like when uh everything is revealed at the very end of the fifth episode she's in her like pink sweater and wedding dress and just sat sad on the chair. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and she's like she's a real like she's a proper actress. She yeah. is really acting like a sad child and convincingly yeah. and sympathetically so. So I think that might just trump eating the, the paper. My my runner up was a similar thing when uh, Mr. F puts invisible locks on the door and she looks oh. so devastated oh, that she can't go outside. I was like, "Oh, that's some good stuff." But I feel like we have a lot of Charlie Zenith of her looking sad. So I was like, "No, no, yeah. joyful Charlie. Get her in there." Yeah, she is very comp- like when she's jumping on the bed and shouting, "Married, married, married." <laughs> sexual <laughs> relations. Yeah. I love how she says sexual relations. <laughs> I that she has something that says bum paddle <laughs> like that it's written on it i just really that is from her uncle's porn okay. yes i was like yeah. It just... yeah, yeah yeah no and then the magazine where it's a cricket yes. magazine and they're in the exact same pose good visual gag <laughs> i just it's so fun to watch charlie's having so much fun especially yeah. after watching some of the more miserable episodes and movies that we've watched recently and it's also fun to see her in a cast of mean-spirited selfish people being just unencumbered and joyful yeah and like even when she's sad it's just sort of like she has that cinema childlike innocence (laughs) and how much better it would have been if that were just the deal with her character so much and they could have pathologized it like you said like you know they have never nudes right so they could have made her have some imaginary disorder i don't know the name of the show is arrested development yeah like i feel like they could have you know done something they have they have that joke right yes also i tried to google like disability activism uh how they react what their response is couldn't fucking find anything because the show's called Arrested Development. Oh! Well, so, mm. a thing that I, <laughs> like, that I found interesting is, like, I feel like I'm so used to watching TV and being awash in the critical response immediately via Twitter and the people that I follow who are, like, arts critics, etc. But because this is older, I, like, I was kind of like, what were people's reaction to this? Like, were people pissed off about it? Did people just think it was funny? Like, no problem? Was it, like, a uh, PC police? And I... I found an AV article that sort of came down on both sides. It was like, there were one of two reactions. And I thought it was a pretty good article. But it's just something I noticed that, like, we get such instant responses to things Mm -hmm. and, like, a critical analysis of it. But not – I don't think anyone is, like, writing a critical analysis of this, like, 15 years later. What are we thinking today in the same way? Or, like, I don't have access to it. We're doing a podcast. 
That's true. Yeah, we are being those people right now. I would I'm not trying to, say, to self-aggrandize. I'm going to self-aggrandize the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, America. Yeah. I mean, world. There's This is on the internet. This is an international You're welcome, podcast. everyone but North Korea. The question that I had asked Bob that I think is interesting is like, so I was, I was watching this, I was like, I know this is so beloved by many people, and it's like many people's like favorite comedy ever. And I was trying to think of like, what is my favorite comedy show? And also, like, I feel like when I'm sharing a show that's a comedy with someone that my, like, that I get, like, more nervous that they're going to like it or not like it and that their reaction, like, matters in a way that if I'm like, oh, hey, you should watch this drama or you should watch this mm-hmm. uh, long arc story that I'm less sort of invested in it. And I was curious if that was, like, a universal thing. Well, let me tell you, it was a struggle in my marriage when Colin asked to stop watching MASH. When we moved to South Africa, <laughs> I was, was technically a comedy. <laughs> We were watching the first season, which is more, much yeah. more comedic. And I did, when, when he said, like, I don't want to watch this anymore, I was like, you have to watch one more episode, and I make him watch the Egg Hat episode. <laughs> <laughs> and he still was like, yeah, this just isn't doing it for me. Uh, one of the most <laughs> wounding things that my dude has done to me, which is an example of why my dad's a great father, because this is one of the bad things, is <laughs> I made him watch my all-time favorite episode of MASH, which is Dear Sigmund. That's the Egg Hat one, right? No? Yeah, that's the one with all the practical jokes. Yeah. There so, are many of those. Okay, wait. True. <laughs> I meant Dear Sigmund. If that's not the episode with the Egg Hat in it, forgive me. Okay. I meant the one with all the practical jokes. Okay. So I made my dad watch Dear Sigmund, which is very meaningful to me, and I have a lot of feelings about why that episode is beautiful and true. And afterwards, I remember my dad was like, eh, not so good. And then he started picking it apart, and I was like, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really bad. And I was like, well, well, I'm not sharing things I care about. I also made Colin watch the episode with Blythe Danner, which is my favorite dramatic episode of MASH. Oh, Oh, God. My heart's broken. (laughs) Don't worry, Alan Aldo's going to do a cartwheel to get on the way to get his Emmy. So, <laughs> like, I, w- I was trying to think of And support the ERA. I love you so much. Thank you, Alan Alda. Thank you, all- Alan Alda. Thank you for your service, Alan Alda. <laughs> Alan Alda. So you do feel like sharing dramatic things, if you care about them enough, is just as awkward as sharing. I actually don't know. I I completely, under- like, the whole thing of making people watch something that you love and wondering if they're going to love it the same way. Well, that YouTube is-, is the most exquisite pain, because you're like, it's two minutes, and we're going to find out if they think oh, this is God. funny or Wait, not. what is? Like, when you show YouTube. someone a YouTube video that you think oh. is funny. It's such an awkward interaction because there's no way that you can respond in a way that is going to make me I'm never going to laugh. Guys, I, and I want to leave this in because it's so weird. When we were waiting for my father to die and we left the hospital was the first time that ever happened to me. And it was Lazy Sunday. (laughs) Did you laugh? I did. Lazy Sunday is really good. Yes. God bless Lazy Sunday for making you laugh yes. at a shitty, shitty time. Yeah. Thank you. Lazy Sunday. Thanks, Lonely Island. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was really trying to figure out what, what makes me like like certain comedies more than yeah. others. Because like, I think Parks and Rec is one of my all-time favorite Same. comedies. Yeah. And I find that it's like they're incredibly likable and that That's I have why. a difficulty sometimes with shows that don't have... I don't know. Like, I, I do... I don't know. Like, I do love watching comedies. It's hard for me sometimes to think of all the ones that I have seen. But I I feel like it's harder, that I'm harder on them. Yeah. In some and ways. And I want to reiterate, for all the people we know who love Arrested Development, you're not wrong. <laughs> right. We like, have one right here. I right. love Arrested it's, Development. Yes. And even thinking about, like, my favorite comedy. And I think that one of the things that makes a good comedy is heart. But there is so much joy for me in Arrested Development in the long-running jokes 
Yeah. And I realize that, you know, like, I, I find that annoying. Like, I find it annoying when something requires you to be extra textual mm-hmm. yeah. to understand it. Like, But you fucking, still like it. But I still like I it. I know exactly what you mean. Like, Donnie like... Darko? God. I'm going to thumbs like, down on Donnie Darko. Fuck Donnie Darko. <laughs> I feel like there's a good example of, like, the banners... Uh, where it says, like, Michael loves Mary. And it's like, you don't have to know that there are banner jokes throughout the whole show for that to be individually funny, but if you remember it from other banner jokes, it has added benefit. Okay, we gotta go. All right. (laughs) So, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you, Lexi Moore, for taking time in your brief visit to Pittsburgh to guest on this show. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Thanks for being a fan. You are so welcome. I love podcasts. I love your podcast. This is also my favorite format of a podcast, which is multiple people talking about a thing. Uh, <laughs> Wait, there are other formats, like narrative, I guess. Uh, True crime. An interview. Oh, boy. God, I don't want to hear an interview. I don't want to hear... Let's, let's talk about my life story right now. No one gives a shit. Well, what if Terry Gross is involved? Still, look, I'll listen and I'll like it, but I'm not gonna put it on myself. Okay, cool. So, (laughs) sorry to cut you off. We do have to go. Yes. So, thank you, Alex Reed, for our incredible podcast. Thank you, whoever. Our our incredible podcast theme song. That's what I meant. (laughs) Let's be real. He's the patron saint of our podcast. So, Um, thank you, whoever composed the Arrested Development theme song. Please don't sue us. Thank you. And most importantly, thank thank you, Charlie. On the next Theronathon, Miss Theron still needs to call her agent. I can't believe Charlize is playing a dead body! But someone's thumb was up. It's a me-bird! It's a me-bird! It's a me-bird! I swear to you, this is an e-bird! I do not accept! The murder door opens again. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, where do I know him from? That's your brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And fourth chair Mavis gives her first one sound review.